Good morning, and thank you for joining us on 5 at 8. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. And here's Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman with today's top news. In this episode, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia's surprise decision to abandon plans for increased oil production, U.S. President Joe Biden's response to a drone strike in Jordan, Hong Kong's controversial national security law, a judge invalidating Elon Musk's pay deal, and French President Emmanuel Macron's call for EU defense of Ukraine. Story number one. Saudi Arabia has surprised oil markets by abandoning plans to increase its crude production capacity by one million barrels a day, as reported by The Guardian. The decision raises questions about the future of global oil demand growth, especially after a report suggested that worldwide peak crude demand could come before the end of the decade. The move is expected to have significant implications for global oil demand over the medium and long term. It may also support oil markets and impact U.S. President Joe Biden's hope for lower pump prices ahead of the upcoming election. Saudi Arabia, along with its allies in OPEC, has agreed to hold back more than one million barrels of oil production per day to help stabilize prices. The decision to scrap expansion plans could indicate that OPEC Plus recognizes a problem and will have wide-ranging ramifications for Aramco capital spending, the Gulf supply chain, and OPEC Plus oil policy. Do you recall, Linda, when we first discussed the ambitious plan of Saudi Arabia to expand its crude production capacity by a million barrels a day? It's fascinating to see how the tables have turned, isn't it? I mean, the world's largest oil exporter just took a U-turn on that strategy, and it's got everyone on their toes. Yes, indeed, Mark. It's a clear signal of a major policy shift that can't be ignored. Not only does it raise questions about the future of global oil demand growth, but also it underlines the increasing relevance of alternative energy sources. The fact that an influential report predicted a worldwide peak in crude demand even before the end of this decade, it's a bit concerning, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like a poker game where the stakes are global economies and geopolitical stability. I've been reading up on this, and experts are predicting that this move might actually support the dwindling oil markets. Now, that's a bit of a blow for our president, Joe Biden, who was banking on weaker pump prices to curry favor in the upcoming election. Yes, the political implications are significant. And it's not just about the U.S. Let's not forget the role of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, which has agreed to hold back more than a million barrels of oil production a day to prop up prices. This sends a powerful message about the shifts in the energy market. You're spot on, Linda. It's like the oil industry is on a roller coaster with all these twists and turns. And let's not forget the environmental aspect. With the world moving towards renewable energy and electric vehicles, the traditional oil sector is bound to feel the heat. Just goes to show the only constant in life is change, huh? Change is inevitable, and how we adapt to it determines our future. This decision by Saudi Aramco might be a turning point, not just for the energy industry, but also for global economies and geopolitics. It will be interesting to see how this unfolds in the coming years. Story number two. U.S. President Joe Biden, as reported by The Guardian, has stated that he has decided how the U.S. will respond to a drone strike on a U.S. base in northern Jordan that killed three American soldiers. The attack was blamed on the Iran-backed militia Kataib Hezbollah. In response to the attack, Kataib Hezbollah has announced the suspension of all its military operations against U.S. troops in the region. Biden, according to The Guardian, held Iran responsible for the attack, 
stating that they are supplying weapons to the militia. However, he also expressed a desire to avoid a wider war in the Middle East. U.S. officials, as stated by The Guardian, have suggested that the U.S. response will come in phases rather than all at once, and military analysts believe that attacking members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guards outside of Iran could be an option. It's interesting how Biden is playing this Iran situation, Linda. I think his measured approach in the face of this drone strike on the Tower 22 base is commendable. He's handling it in a way that avoids escalating tensions and sparking a wider war in the Middle East, which we all know we don't need. Mark, I understand where you're coming from, but I... I see a different side to this. While avoiding a wider war is definitely important, we must also ensure that such attacks don't go unanswered. I mean, three American soldiers lost their lives. The public, their families, they... They need to see decisive action being taken. Yeah, and I believe that's exactly what Biden is aiming for. Responding in a tiered approach means he's not disregarding the attack, but he's also not rushing into a hasty decision that could potentially escalate the situation. It quote S dot 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 IT quote S, a fine line to walk. Well, yes, Mark, but but the question remains, will this approach be seen as a strong enough response by the American public and the world community? The, the balance between deterring further attacks and satisfying public opinion is a hard one to strike, and I, I fear this cautious response might not satisfy either. That's a valid point, Linda, and I guess, I guess that's the challenge faced by any administration in these situations. But if we've learned anything from history, it's that rushing into combat often leads to situations getting out of hand. This, this might just be the lesser of two evils. Maybe, Mark. But it's important to remember that each situation has its unique dynamics. The, the past can guide us, but it cannot dictate our actions. The administration needs to weigh all factors carefully before deciding on the next step. We, we can't afford to get this wrong. Story number three. According to CNN, Hong Kong has initiated the process of implementing a controversial national security law that may impact its status as a global financial hub. The proposed legislation will address offenses such as treason, theft of state secrets, espionage, and external interference. Hong Kong officials argue that this law will fill gaps in a national security law imposed by China in 2020. Previously shelved in 2003 due to public opposition, the city's own security legislation, known as Article 23, is not expected to face significant opposition this time. The national security crackdown in Hong Kong has resulted in the suppression of dissent, dissolution of civil society groups, and closure of outspoken media outlets. The new law aims to restore order and is considered a constitutional duty. As reported by CNN, the consultation period for the law began on Tuesday and will conclude on February 28th. The urgency in implementing this law is attributed to escalating geopolitical tensions and the threat of foreign interference. Offenses related to theft of state secrets, espionage, external interference, damage to public infrastructure, and actions endangering national security are included in the proposed law. The implementation of this law may introduce additional uncertainty regarding Hong Kong's status as a financial hub. Where there's smoke, there's usually fire, Linda. Hong Kong is facing real threats of espionage and foreign interference. It's the city's constitutional duty, as Chief Executive John Lee put it, to enact laws to protect national security, as per the mini-constitution agreed with Britain. Sure, Mark, I hear you. But let's not kid ourselves. 
This is about control, isn't it? The proposed legislation seems less about national security and more about tightening the noose on dissent. I mean, the sweeping definitions of state secrets and espionage are alarming. It's not just about protecting from foreign threats, but also silencing internal opposition. Well, Linda, every country has laws to protect state secrets. It's not a new concept. And considering the geopolitical tensions and the openly stated intentions of foreign intelligence agencies, isn't it prudent to be prepared? And remember, it's not about silencing the opposition. It's about preventing sabotage. But Mark, it's the broad and vague definitions that are concerning here. This could easily be misused to stifle freedom of speech and other civil liberties. And what about the impact on Hong Kong's status as a global financial hub? There's already uncertainty due to the COVID restrictions and Beijing's national security crackdown. I, I agree, Linda. The definitions are broad and there is potential for misuse. But let's not forget that Hong Kong is still a key financial hub. While there's been some uncertainty, the city has shown resilience. And as for civil liberties, there's a thin line between freedom and anarchy. It's a tough balance to achieve. A balance, yes. But what we're seeing seems more like a tilt towards control rather than balance, Mark. I think it's important to watch closely how this plays out, for Hong Kong and for the rest of the world. Story number four. According to the BBC, a judge in Delaware has invalidated a $55.8 billion pay deal awarded to Elon Musk by Tesla in 2018. The lawsuit was brought by a shareholder who argued that the payment was excessive. The judge ruled that the approval of the pay package by the Tesla board was flawed and that Musk had extensive ties with those negotiating on behalf of the company. The compensation was described as an unfathomable sum and not fair to shareholders. The ruling can be appealed to the Delaware Supreme Court. Tesla shares fell by around 3% following the news. Musk suggested incorporating the company in Nevada or Texas instead. Did you see this, Linda? Elon Musk's $56 billion pay deal just got blocked by a Delaware judge. Now that's a hefty sum even for someone of Musk's stature. I mean, I'm all for rewarding innovation and hard work. But this deal did raise a few eyebrows. Yes, Mark. It's an unfathomable sum, as Judge McCormick put it. It does raise questions on the processes in place for determining executive compensation. Granted, Musk's contributions to Tesla and his other ventures have been transformative, but there's a fine line between fair compensation and overpayment. There's no denying Musk's impact on the industry, but the board's approval of such a colossal pay package seems... excessive. It's almost like they were as the judge said, swept up by the rhetoric of Musk's superstar appeal. It brings us to this important discussion about the superstar treatment of CEOs. While it's important to recognize the value a dynamic leader brings to a company, it's also crucial to ensure that this recognition doesn't cloud the judgment of those responsible for setting compensation packages. Right, Linda. And let's not forget the shareholders, who have a vested interest in the company's financial decisions. The lawsuit was filed by a shareholder who felt it was an overpayment. It's a reminder that shareholders' rights need to be protected. This case could serve as a precedent for future executive pay disputes. It also underscores the need for transparency in corporate governance. It's a complex issue, with many layers. And it's not just about Musk or Tesla. It's about the broader implications on the business world. Story number five. French President Emmanuel Macron as reported by The Guardian, has called on the European Union, EU, to defend Ukraine. 
even if the U.S. reduces its military support. Speaking in Sweden, Macron warned that the future security architecture of Europe cannot be determined solely by the U.S. and Russia, and that Europe must have the right to determine its own future. He urged Europe to ramp up its defense efforts and prepare for the possibility that the U.S. may withhold military assistance to Ukraine, or that President Joe Biden may be defeated by an isolationist Donald Trump. Macron argued that if Europe helps prevent a Russian victory in Ukraine, the U.S. and NATO can no longer have a monopoly in determining future relations with Moscow. He called for Europe to take bold decisions to support Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, stating that the real cost of a Russian victory is too high for Europe. Macron also emphasized the need for Europe to strengthen its defense production and increase spending, as well as to enhance energy cooperation and autonomy. He stressed that Europe must be involved in designing the new architecture of security and arms control in its neighborhood. Who would have thought that we'd be having this conversation about Europe stepping up its game in terms of defense? Macron is clearly pushing for Europe to stand its ground, even if the U.S. decides to pull back its military support. It's a bold move, Linda, but I must say it might be what Europe needs to assert its autonomy. It's a significant shift from the usual reliance on big allies for the security trajectory of European nations. Macron's call for a fortified defense strategy is a step towards asserting Europe's political autonomy. The implications of this move could be far-reaching, extending beyond just the military aspect. And it's not just about military might. Macron is also talking about energy autonomy, about Europe diversifying its energy sources. This could be a game-changer not just in terms of energy security, but also for environmental sustainability. Right, Mark. Macron's call for energy autonomy could potentially reshape Europe's energy policies. Moreover, this stance could also influence how Europe navigates potential isolationist policies in the U.S. and handles crises like the one in Ukraine. Yeah, and let's not overlook the fact that Macron is essentially advocating for Europe to be at the table when decisions about security and arms control are made. These decisions, he argues, should not be left solely to the U.S. and Russia. It's a clear call for a more balanced, multipolar world. Certainly, Mark. And it's worth noting that this is not just about the present crises. Macron's comments indicate a long-term vision for Europe's role in global security. It's about Europe deciding its own future and having a say in designing the architecture of security. A thought-provoking stance indeed. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.